will make you think, he'll make you laugh, and he lives for a take that'll make you do both. What's up, Jonathan Peelin? Whether it's on the field or on the air, nothing tops overtime. Is Peelin on tonight? It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Jonathan Peterlin. And welcome on in. It is overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Glad you guys could be with me here on the fan on this Thursday. I was looking at the big Weege's reaction, and that was disappointment left and right. Jack's also disappointment from you. Oh, no. Really? You didn't like the open that badly? Oh, no. I mean, I put it together very quickly, but I was very constrained with what I we'll, my limitations. We'll, we'll talk about it during the break. We'll oh, no. The break. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, that's what it is. I'm not changing that thing for a while, I would imagine. What part of it did you not like? We'll talk about it during the break. No, that's not the type of show <laughs> no, that we no, do. No. You got to do it now. You got to do it here. There's a certain something that it's just not hidden right. Play it one more time. Play it back. Pause this one, throw this one down, and then play it back. And remember, I have new constraints on these opens, okay? I can't do any movies. I can't do any music. Like, I, I'm playing with some, some constraints here. Is it a little too much, Jonathan Peter one? That's what I was worried about. All right, play it one more time. He'll make you think. He'll make you laugh. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. What's up, Jonathan Peterlin? Whether it's on the field or on the air, nothing tops overtime. Is Peterlin on tonight? It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. Jonathan Peterlin. Uh, that's as good as it's going to get. I, I don't know. A big Weege is upset with me. I can tell. I get it. Uh, I. That's as good as it's getting. I, I don't think I'm upset. It. Your name does come up a few times. That's the point. Yeah, it is, I mean, it's overtime with Jonathan Peterman. I need to remind people of that anytime anyone fills in, and it's not me, that it's still, this is my property right here, okay? 7 to midnight, this is what this is. I, I think it's just like the three back-to-back-to-back that make it sound like, it, not even clunky, it's just like Jonathan Peterlin, Jonathan Peterlin, Jonathan Peterlin. It's not even bad, it's just, it's, it's repetition. It's not, yes, but yeah. it's foreshadowing the next five hours. It's five hours of Jonathan Peterlin, which one could argue is a lot of Jonathan Peterlin. <laughs> but that's the that's kind of that's that's the foreshadowing that's involved there. Should I take one of them out? I like the last one because the guy sings it almost like he doesn't it like it's an oompa loompa oompa. You know, I like that one. You know, like that's kind of fun. I needed to break up like new big voice guy. New big voice guy can't just be talking for twenty five seconds. <sighs> we just need we need one one little clip in between it, and then we're good. One little clip of what? I, I don't know. Or move one around. It it just needs a little rework. It's like I said, All it right. wasn't bad. How about this? Audition right now for what that little clip is in between. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get rid of the first guy saying, or maybe even the third guy doing the Jonathan Peter Lynn. Okay. You're on it right now, though. This is your chance to make the open, and it'll sound crystal clear because we're using the audio mics, but you got to say something about me. You don't have to say my name. You have to say something about me. You got to use that big, wonderful voice of yours, and it's got to fit appropriately in, and then we'll we'll mix this thing up. I'll have you open up an audition. You can slot it in, and then we'll see how it sounds coming up in a couple hours. We'll see how you do, Okay. Do you want me to go off the cuff right now? Yeah, what do you think this is? I, I don't have anything off the top of my head. I was You just... are too talented of a person to not be able to come up with something off the top of your head that you think goes within the the constraints the construct of what I've given you right here. I, I I just listened to a call twenty minutes ago of you doing like seven straight three pointers in a high school basketball game, doubling as Joe Rogan, and you're telling me you can't come up with one thing that's like this guy never misses. 
or something like like something fun like that, like something that's like, what a night we're gonna have with JP, you know, like something like something wacky like that. You can't you can't give me something like that in 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 audio studio quality to go ahead and buff this thing up a little bit. All right, you want me to go? Yes, it's the best night show in the country. Well, that's not bad. That's that's not that's not, that's not bad. I mean, it's not really like a long list of night shows in the country, if we're being honest about it. But I, that's not bad. Okay, all right. 706, you see when you made that statement. I'm already recording. I'm pulling it right now. Okay, pull up my file, pull up my session in there, and then you replace whichever one you want to replace and make it all work because you know how to do Adobe that way, right? Yeah, I got it. Again, that's why I gave you the credit of being talented enough to come up with something on the spot. And here we go. He delivered. Jack, Jack, do you like his... Do you like his addition? That's a pretty. I think that's a pretty good addition. Yeah, it, it might that be. Was, that was solid. Is it? Is it too? I don't want to come across too cocky about it. All though, it's not going to come across too cocky. No, no. This will. This will play. I think this will play. Sometimes it's nice to remind people uh, that like, if they did one of those those Barrett Sports media polls of like best night shows in the country, I'm pretty sure I'm only competing against like three other night shows. <laughs> really, there's not many. So I, 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 I would at least have a photo finish here. I would imagine. And then, I mean, if you put it in that slate, too, you don't even sound cocky, right? Yeah, we're just throwing facts out here is all we're doing. All right, good. I, I, this was a good addition. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. We'll have, we'll have the big weege put it all together. And, uh, and, I mean, that's it. You made it. You made the open. I, I'm, I'm dying to find out which one you take out, which one. You, you got to keep Ken, though. You got to keep Ken. That's a must. Ken's not moving. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. I had a bunch of files uh, a couple years ago. I was in. I got in the habit of saving clips of people that were uh, mentioning me on the air, basically at any point. Like if you mentioned my name, I would save it, and I didn't save it for the idea of like, oh, I'm going to go back and listen to it. That's fun. I don't care. I've been doing radio long enough. It does. That's not a thing for me. What was a thing for me though is the idea that I was gonna at some point use it to like combat opens and like and rejoins and different things of just like coworkers talking about me, and it never really seemed to make sense. We got it like a, a couple years ago. Something happened with my my audio, my audition file, or excuse me, not my audition file, my my work file that I have here, and everything got wiped. It all got wiped, and so I had to start fresh and brand new. And I didn't. I I just stopped updating all these different clips that I was building up. And I went back today, and I'm like, did any of them make it? Did any of them save? None of them saved. None. Of, I had none of them. I, did, I had Ken last night talking about me, and so that's where that one came from. Good poll, all things considered. All right, we're gonna get to uh, oh Abner. Abner's here. Wait, hold on. Now, is this Abner from the Open? Abner. Hey, Jonathan Peterland. It's Abner. What's going on? Well, now, hold on. That was a great, hey, Jonathan Peter. what's happening, what's going on. All right, hold on, Abner. Yes, yes. Okay. I need to tell Big Weege this before I get to your, you. Big Weege, did you hear that one right there, the hey, Jonathan Peter. what's going on? I heard it. 708. Replace that. I need that one in there, too. Replace the other two clips that we Perfect. have. Get that one in there, and then you, and then we're golden. Now we're cooking. Now we are cooking. Yeah. Perfect. Abner, what's okay, up, perfect. man? Get it, you're going to give me a... Man. Okay, listen, listen, listen. I need yeah. you to be quiet. No disrespect. You need to be quiet for 30 seconds. I need to explain something to you. Thir- 30 seconds? Because I need to explain something to you real quick. All right. I was just at the IX Center, right? David Njoku was right there, right? He was signing autographs. I was the first person in line, okay? And while I was the first person in line, I was talking to him, okay? You understand? You, you catch what I'm saying, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while I was talking to him, I got some insider information and bank it because it's from David Njoku, the, the person himself, right? The best tight end in the league. He told me that Joe Flacco is going to start over Watson the first few weeks. 
Okay? Abner. You understand what I'm saying? Abner. Okay, and if that's the case, we might as well go get, go get Baker Mayfield. I mean, what are we doing here? We might as well go get Baker Mayfield. Because uh, listen to me, Jonathan Peelin. Deshaun Watson, $230 million over five years. He's horrible. I, I could throw better, blindfolded Abner. with one hand, better than Deshaun Watson. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? I understand okay? what you're saying. You're not making sense, okay. but I understand. Okay. Listen, you made the open. I'm getting you now in the second part of the open. Abner was the first caller, by the way. He's the caller in that open, the first Absolutely. open that we rejected and changed around. Uh, so I'm happy you made the open. I'm not really thrilled with the fake story you told me, but you know what? I, I like you either way, Abner. It's okay. Okay, man. All right. And Black Lives Matter, man. Shout out to everybody. All right, man. Love you, Jonathan Peeling. Love you too, Abner. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, that's a ridiculous David a Joker story, but that's all right. All right. Uh, I have a couple NFL things I want to get to and a couple things in regards to some rule changes that I think are going to make a big difference across the league. And uh, I have one that I'm, I am shocked not many people are talking about today. I did want to talk about the Cavs for a little bit, though. Just, just to open. Listen, I'm not going to spend forever on it. Uh, if you want my instant thoughts of what happened last night, it's simple. Odyssey Rewind. Go back, check it out. It's all right there. Last night, game ended at like 10.45 or so. The good stuff started at like 11 because really we kind of we kind of talked waiting for the double overtime to end, and then it kind of got there, and it was like, all right, well, let's – okay, now we can hammer them. Uh, and I did, and I did hammer them. And I am not of the belief that they get the Peterlin pass. I, I, I did not give them a Peterlin pass last night. I maintain there's no such thing as a Peterlin pass when it comes to a game like that, when you lose in double overtime. And, and the, the part that is getting, I felt like, just not even mentioned for some reason today, I, I, maybe just because it doesn't make us feel good, and I understand that. It just it's kind of bothersome to me that uh, it didn't even get just casually tossed out there. And I mentioned it last night in the program. It's not like we're breaking any new news there, but when you allow the amount of rebounds that they did, and a, a, a record-breaking amount of rebounds at that, the second most in the NBA in the previous 25 years. Like you gotta, you gotta be held accountable a little bit for that. That was not just a, a bad loss. That was a an historically bad performance in grabbing rebounds and having Andre Drummond and Vucevic just absolutely wreck a team. But if you're not going to get mad at last night, then just tell me you don't care about the regular season, and you'll see me in the postseason. If that's if that's going to be your take, it's fine. I'm okay with that. I, I'm. I accept every bit of that, but stay consistent on it with me then. If you're going to be the person that's not going to get mad about last night, then that's fine. I know who you are. You're the person, you you just don't watch sports the same way that I watch sports. I watch sports in a very meathead sports fan fashion, okay? Where baseball, same thing. Basketball, same thing. Definitely football, because football, we don't have enough of them anyway. But I'm the type of sports radio host, and I've never lied about this. I've always been honest about it. I'm the type of sports radio host that... I treat an 82-game season, I'll treat game 67 like it's game 7 of the uh, the NBA Finals. I'll treat game 32 like it's game 6. I, I, I'm sorry, I care about these games. I get into these games. I want to win these games. Not every sports fan does that. There are a lot of, and this happens in baseball a lot too, a lot of baseball fans out there are like, it's a long season, don't even count anything for the first 30 games, it's a long year, it is what it is, and and they sound like Eeyore. And it's like, all right, that's, if that's how you want to go about it, that's fine. I'm not that sports host. I'm, not, I'm, I'm never going to be that guy. I care about each individual game. And I don't love the excuse of them uh, playing three games in four days being a schedule loss. That is complete nonsense, considering the Bulls were playing their third game in four days as well. You got – it wasn't dog-walked, but you got embarrassed. You're not supposed to lose to the Bulls. And in back-to-back games – 
I do think there was something more there for the Cavs and something that was more alarming to me and what I and what I saw on the court. My big takeaway from last night was, and I, I, I was happy some of the callers called in today and I heard it on Ken and Anthony's show and uh, like the callers calling in, which tells me you guys were listening last night. You heard us get it off and then you're like, oh, maybe that makes a lot of sense because I didn't hear it anywhere else. This was just a me off the top of my dome thought, but maybe it was obvious to you guys out there as well. I'm not sure. It definitely felt like the type of game that they just wanted to get Darius Garland in motion, get his ego up, get his confidence up, and then get them going. But he took 22 shots to score 23 points. It had a reverse effect. There was no part of last night that was confidence boosting for Darius Garland. That remains a question mark moving forward. All right, Ben and Akron wants to audition for the Open. Ben and Akron, I'm going to give you, I'll give you one shot here. Impress me, because right now the big Weege has some options. He's got some things to work with. Good evening, Northeast Ohio. We have Jonathan Peerland, the best radio host in Northeast Ohio on 92.3 The Fan. Ben, it's not your fault, and I appreciate you. I'm going to I'm a goodwill hunting you. It's not your fault. When you say 92. Point three. I just I can't use it. Like uh, my bosses would be like, "What happened there?" It's we we spend so much time, money, and efforts to make sure people go ninety two three. The fan and he's like ninety two point three. And I it's such a good effort though. It was such a good effort. I maybe I should have kept him on and had him redo another one. Maybe I could have done that. He sounded like a nineteen twenty sports writer right there. You know, he was out of the gate. Like uh, you ever hear the the the, the guy that uh, from Dallas that does the old timey nineteen twenty sports writer guy. And he just he goes to press conferences and talks about the the skippity do and all this nonsense. That's what that's what Ben and Akron sounded like right there. I don't think that one's going to make the cut, but I love the audition process of this all. And oh, by the way, you picked up on it. We like we like positive things instead of negative things. Those those go a long way. It's not necessary. In fact, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if someone's like, oh, Peterlin again. But like, we're not going to do that. I don't think we're going to do that. We'll find out what the big weege comes uh, comes up and puts together with, or comes and puts together and figures everything out with. All right, two one six four seven four to below ninety two on Twitter. There you can find me. I am at Jay Peterwin. Any more reaction from the Cavs? I had it last night. It's there. We'll get to it a little bit later on as I got a couple different twists. I'm just not making. I'm not. I I make a big deal out of these games because if I don't, then in my mind it's telling me I just don't care until the postseason. And I, I feel like if you don't make a big deal out of these games and you're giving them a pass for last night, I feel like in the back of your brain, you're just going to continue to give them passes. When they take on the Knicks, when they take on the Celtics, you're going to be like, I got excuse here, excuse there, excuse here, excuse there. And I just, I can't be doing that every single game. Sometimes you got to be held accountable. And sometimes you have to be able to say, that was not our best effort. And last night for the Cavs, that was nowhere close to their best effort. We come on back. Momentum is building for an NFL style or XFL style kickoff. Excuse me. Is this good or bad for the game? And do you want to see the kickoff changed? Plus other rules changes as well. I'll tell you how I feel about it more. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on the fan. I wanted to talk about something that happened at the combine today. Troy Vincent was on pro football talk live and we'll get some of those clips coming up for you guys with some of the other rules. But I, what I thought was fascinating is that. The executive VP of football operations, one of the people that is he's a high up there. Troy Vincent has been around for a very long time, and he is definitely at the head of some of these decisions. And he said he currently believes that momentum is building towards persuading enough owners 
to embrace the change. The change in question is going to be premised on the XFL approach. So most players will only be, you'll be five yards apart at the moment the kick is received, and returns are going to be incentivized, right? Since a kick into the end zone is going to result in the ball being placed at the 35. This feels huge to me. What I like about the change is the idea that kickoffs will matter again. Unless they were willing to move the kickoffs back in general. It felt like way too many of these kicks just weren't being returned as is. We were we were losing action. It might be like two steps back to go ahead and get four steps forward, but I feel like this has to be the move the NFL makes. I, I, I don't know why. I feel like every coach generality speak that they have, uh, when they go up to the podium and they start talking about the different phases of the game and all the different parts of the game, they're like, ah, three different things you got to pay attention to. We do offense, we do defense, we do special teams. It's like, okay, great, all right. First off, look out NFL Films voice there. But, yeah, like that's what they do. They do, they do offense, they do defense, special teams. That's kind of what they go for. And it's like, well, all right. I don't know about you. I stopped caring about the special team side of it. Not necessarily that it doesn't matter, but it hasn't mattered the same way in recent years. Special teams to me started to be who's your kicker instead of what your actual special teams is. And that clearly means we were headed in the wrong direction. Like when I was doing different prep for when the Browns took on different teams and such, I would look up and obviously we do the Sunday tailgates. And so I, I really get into, into the, the weeds when it comes to, you know, the strengths, the weaknesses of a team makes sense. I mean, it's my job. It's okay. It's not like, I mean, I nerd out during these things. It's all right. I like it. And so, like, I'd look up all the numbers for the offensive side. I'd look up all the numbers for the defensive side of the, you know, the the opposition and find out what their strength is on both ends and then find out what they do well and find out what they don't do well. And, like, typically, if this was 10 years ago, I would have paid some attention to the special team side of things. Now I feel like my special team's prep work and getting ready for the pregame shows is like, who's their kicker? Do I think their kicker's good? Oh, it's Butker. Okay, they're fine. Do I think their kicker's if it's a 55-yarder, can their kicker make it? Oh, he can? Okay, great. Let's talk about it then. And that's that's really, that's about it. Like, even punters don't even get brought up the same way that I feel like they should. But Horquez is incredible, and he, he flips fields constantly, and I feel like he, does, he gets just zero consideration. So, like, maybe, just maybe, if you have a, a really special punter, it gets brought up. But when it comes to special teams, the return game, when I watch these games, is the time I use to go to the bathroom. It's the time I use to go, uh, you know, get my pizza warmed up and then, uh, or get my, uh, you know, chips out of the cabinet or something and get myself something to eat. I, I don't know about you guys. The last time that I've watched a kickoff with the idea that something was actually going to happen, I can't even remember. And so I looked it up earlier. I was like, all right, they 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 made they made changes to the rules this last year. Fair catch anywhere was going to put the ball at the 25-yard line. They adopted the college football version. Like They they clearly thought that a couple things. The kickoff was the most dangerous play in the NFL, and they did a lot of evidence to support that the kickoff is the most dangerous from a concussion standpoint, the most dangerous play that the NFL has. And I think they also just wanted to get rid of it completely. And so in 2022, we had over a 1,000 returns. This past year, we had 550. Almost half as many actually got returned. 550 across 272 games. We got two returns a game. Think about that. We went from getting about four a game 
to two again. I bet most people hearing thinks that this would be making the game softer. You know, you're sitting in your car, you're like, what's next, Jonathan? Flag football? I can hear you guys already. That's okay if you think that way. But right now, we basically have a play that is dying on the vine, and this might be a way to save it. I'm not saying it's the greatest idea, but at least the NFL is trying here. And yeah, it would be safer for concussions. But I also think it'll be more exciting. I like teams having to be good on all three levels. You know, a guy like Marvin Mims, for instance. Oh, we brought him up yesterday in talking about Puka Nakua, right? We talked about Puka Nakua and some of the rookie wide receivers. Two wide receivers out of the rookie classes last year made the Pro Bowl. It was Puka Nakua, fifth-round pick, and Marvin Mims. Marvin, Marvin Mims didn't make it, though, because he was the world's greatest receiver. He made it because he's a good kick returner, good punt returner. I, I shouldn't say good. He's, he's outstanding. That's why he made the Pro Bowl. Like, he was a difference maker on that side of the ball for the Broncos. And you're like, all right, well, shouldn't you want more if you're Marvin Mims? If you're Patterson, if you're Devin Hester, if you're those type of guys, shouldn't you want this position to matter even more? If I was Marvin Mims, I would be in Indy. I I think it'd be worth the trip, worth the financials, worth everything involved. I would be going up to everyone in the NFL, including Troy Vincent, the NFL executive VP, and I'd be saying, listen, guys, this is the move you have to make. Make this play matter again. Too many people are going, like Jonathan Peter on a 92.3 The Fan, they're going to their, they're going to the bathroom when the kickoff is happening because they know it's not going to get returned. They know it's not going to change the game. They know it's not going to impact the game in any sort of actual, tangible way. Let's make it matter again. Let's make it matter again. Now, I, I, I can hear some of you guys thinking another thing as well, another thought. It's like, well, uh, do we really want to steal from the XFL? Oh, the big bad XFL. Can we steal from a poverty franchise? Can we steal from a, uh, can we steal from a league that clearly doesn't do anything right? We've already done it. We stole the camera on the field. You know the one that is basically like a drone over the field to play? We stole that from the XFL. There's like seven different things in today's NFL that we've stolen from the XFL. If someone has a good idea, it's all right to take their good idea if you think you can make it work. The radio show in Boise comes up with an idea that instantly will make this radio show here in Cleveland 2% more popular. You better believe I'm going to use it. Who cares where it came from? You think Apple invented every piece of the iPhone? Come on. I don't know who thought we need to put cameras in the iPhone uh, or, the, or cell phones in general, but I'm going to go ahead and take a guess that it wasn't Apple. It's good ideas everywhere. And the top places get to take and make their product elite with it. The NFL would just be doing that. I want to hear me guys on this. 216-474-92. Momentum building for an XFL-style kickoff. Is this a good idea or a bad idea for the game? I think this could drastically change how we watch these games how we view opponents for these games, and I can't believe we are so hung up on some of the other tiny little parts of the game that don't have as much of a ramification. All day today, I kept seeing people talking about uh, if you fumble out of the end zone, where should the ball go? You know that happened four times this last year? Four times. The fumble out of the end zone, and then, you know, the ball... Uh, uh, you know, a lot of people are suggesting should be put back on the 20 or something like that, uh, but it's, it doesn't work that way, right? I mean, you get punished. You get punished severely if you fumble out of the – if the offensive player fumbles the ball out of the end zone, you lose the football. And, and honestly, I, my, my quick stance on it, even though it only happened four times, I'm trying to tell you it really doesn't matter in the big picture. My quick stance on it, finally something in this game goes towards the defense. 
Literally every rule change that I can think of in the past 15 years has benefited the offense. Finally, you have something that benefits the defensive side of the ball. Maybe we don't take that one away. Maybe it should be a big-time penalty if something like that happens and you lose the football and then it fumbles out of the end zone. Maybe maybe something like that should happen. But ultimately, all these people got their their panties in a bunch talking about little rule changes like that 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 happens four times, legitimately four times all last year. We have over a thousand kickoffs every single season. Five hundred and fifty of them are getting returned. Oh wait, no, I had that backwards. I'm sorry. We had over a thousand returns two years ago. Five hundred and fifty last year. If only a thousand are returned, that means we have thousands that are being kicked off in 272 football games in every year. And it's just like, what are we doing here? How are we getting to a point where no one's paying attention to what could be the biggest change that, that the NFL makes? And I do think we're pro-change in sports. We just have to feel like it's for our benefit. And so I think the immediate reaction to something like this is, ah, oh, they're softening the NFL. They, they don't want to, they don't want, they're trying to take away our hits. What happened to the gunner? You know, the gunner, the guy that would, uh, uh, you know, put his body on the line and go as fast as he possibly can and basically use his own body to just run into as many people as he possibly can and then try to make a tackle. What, what happens to that guy? It's like, well, this works both ways. It's going to make the game safer, one, yes, but I also think it's going to make the game more interesting. And the punishment attached to it, where if you don't, If a kick into the end zone is going to result in the ball being placed at the at the 35, it's going to encourage more and more returns because you don't want a ball placed at the 35. Like, there's so many little advantages to this. I kept thinking about baseball. You know, baseball last, uh, last couple seasons, right, what did they do? They made a bunch of changes across their sport. They added the ghost runner. They uh, put the pitch clock in. They did all sorts of things. Banned the shift. And, and with each change, you could see which ones stuck and which ones didn't. You know, you banned the shift, and last year we went from a, uh, two years ago to this last year. We had a higher higher batting average, higher slugging percentage, higher on base percentage, and uh, baseball scored more runs across the board. Like, it worked, and we didn't feel like we were cheated in the process. We got more offense. That's what we wanted in baseball. We wanted more offense. We wanted more hits. We wanted more singles. We wanted more action. That's what we wanted, and we got it. You know, everyone complained, oh, these games are taking forever. These games are just, they're entirely too long. I sit down for 162 games. I can't spend three and a half hours in each game. So what did they do? They shortened the games. They, they put the pitch clock in there. They sped it up. They took 26 minutes off of each game from one year to the next. And everyone's like, this is awesome. Across the board, baseball fans raved about it. Attendance was as high as it's ever been in, in Major League Baseball at the park. And people are, they're going out to the park. They're, they're enjoying the games. They're watching the games. It's a good thing for the sport. And I feel like why that works so well for Major League Baseball is that it adhered to the promises that sports should be giving you on any, any given day or any given basis. And if they're going to make a change, it's with the idea that your best interest, your pure enjoyment is what they're trying to get better. That should be the promise that these leagues make to you. Your enjoyment, your entertainment is going to improve. Baseball accomplished that. If the NFL does this, yes, it'll be safer, but you're killing two birds with one stone. It'll be safer, but they'll also be giving you a better product. In a three-hour football game, the only dead time we have should be commercials and in-between quarters. It should never be on the actual field of play. 
I should not have a designated go to the bathroom if I need to go to the bathroom time in a football game. And right now I currently do. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Momentum's building for an XFL style kickoff. Is this a good or a bad thing for the game? We'll get to baseball coming up in twenty five minutes. But we come on back. More what Troy Vincent had to say, and do you want to see the kickoff changed? Other rules, other things the NFL and Troy Vincent suggested on PFT Live coming your way. It's overtime with Jonathan Beadle here with you on the fan. Uh, I, so I'm fascinated by what I think could be one of the biggest developments in the NFL and something that drastically changes your Sundays, and yet it feels like it just kind of came and went and really didn't have much traction, and I'm, I'm just confused as to why not. Thursday's PFT Live, NFL Executive VP of Football Operations Troy Vincent said he currently believes that momentum is building towards persuading enough owners to embrace the XFL-style kickoff. And if you haven't seen the XFL-style kickoff, go on Twitter. You can check it out anywhere. It looks funny. It looks a little weird. All Every player, with the exception of the person kicking off, is lined up five yards away from each other. And so, I mean, like it, it just it's odd. It looks different. But you can see how it saves a bunch of head-on-head collisions. And honestly, it makes the game safer. But it's not just making the game safer that I care about. I, I've, I've long lost that battle. I, you know, I remember 10, 15 years ago, uh, all the Mike Webster stories and everything about uh, tau proteins and CTE. And, and uh, I mean, really, the subconcussive hits. It became a talking point. At a very high level, and it crossed over more than just sports, and with good reason. People were confused by it. People didn't quite understand it. Now we have so much better knowledge on it, but also with time, it's also come the understanding that if you play football, you are opting into the idea that by the time you're 75, your brain might just look like oatmeal. Like, that's just it's what it might be. And I hate to put it in such a callous way, but it's just kind of true. You understand the physical side of uh, football that is going to limit you, and now you have a clear understanding of the mental side. So it's on the NFL, though, if they can, because I think the game is inherently always going to be dangerous. That's part of the game that we enjoy. We like watching these car wrecks. We like watching these these modern-day gladiators get paid the amount of money they're paid to put their body on the line, but really, they're putting a lot on the line there. We like this stuff. We enjoy watching it. And it's for our benefit, and it seems very selfish that we enjoy it the way that we do, but that's that's life. I've made peace with that side of things. And I've made peace with it because most players at this point have an understanding of what they're doing to themselves week in, week out. I do feel a lot of empathy for the player 20 years ago that had never heard of Tau Protein or subconcussive hits and is like, wait, I didn't sign up for this at all. I never would have played if I had known. Never, not once. I feel bad for that guy. Yes, I do. But it's on the NFL to try to limit some of the damage as best as they can. I really do believe that. It's on Goodell. It's on Troy Vincent. It's on the NFLPA. It's on everyone involved in the game to try to come up with a way that the game can be safer. But if I'm going at a selfish approach already, because I don't know how safe you can get car accidents. That's basically what we're doing. I don't know at the end of the day how safe you can actually get this game. Outside of playing flag football, which is not a thing any one of us ever would watch or want to see. I just want more action. I want the kickoff to matter. I want more important game-changing moments that are outside of just Patrick Mahomes made a really good pass and we're taking on the Chiefs and we have no answer. Think about what a game-changing play that is if you have a kickoff return for a touchdown. 
I'm sure you guys remember some really important ones in NFL history. Devin Hester leading off the Super Bowl against the Colts in 06. If they didn't have Rex Grossman as their quarterback, maybe they would have had a better chance for the Bears. But, I mean, you remember those type of things. You remember the big-time kickoff plays because they matter so much. And now, what's the most important kickoff play you've seen in the previous couple years? You, you don't have a good one to think of. What do you have? You just you, you can't even think of any off the top of your head in the previous couple years. We need to get the play back to mattering is the point. A couple other things Troy Vincent had to say. And, uh, by the way, the Big Weege finished up the promo. So we'll have the uh, the debut of the new promo coming up for you guys in just a little bit. Uh, Troy Vincent talked about the fumble out of the end zone that I feel pretty passionately should stay. But I understand a lot of people are quite upset and want it gone. Here we go. Now, let's take into account. Yeah. It happened three times in regular season, one time in postseason. Right. didn't happen in the 2022 season. Right. So I said, okay, let's, we're going to talk about ball through the end zone. There's a few think that this is a very punitive penalty. John Mara, Stevens say, well, let's watch it. And then when the chairman says, well, wait a minute, two of the three were my guy. Right. If he just simply puts the ball in the right hand, which we're all taught <laughs> right. in elementary school, when you first start learning football, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. Right. End of discussion. Move on. Damn. So I tried to bring it back <laughs> right. to make sure that everybody had a chance to speak. I said, well, is there an appetite? Let's just revisit. Maybe just put the ball on the one-yard line. For the That's our compromise. For the, the, yeah. Spot, yeah. Of the compromise. About Spot of the right. fumbles. Move on. Yeah. Dead. <laughs> Again, I don't know why we're doing things that credit the offense in such a way. One thing I like about it, and I, I am in the minority in liking the fumble out of the end zone, you just completely lose the football and it goes to the defensive side. And it was a big postseason game that that happened in, obviously. Uh, I mean, it's AFC title game. It's huge. It doesn't get any bigger than that, right? We have so many things that benefit the offense. I don't need one more. Give me, the, give me something defensively. You put it on the one-yard line, I think is all right. I think if you made it, if you kept it, whatever, and goal. So if you fumbled on the one-yard line, and let's say you had, it was it was like, let's say Zay Flowers, right? Zay Flowers takes it 70 yards, and then he fumbles on the one-yard line, and then it goes out of the end zone. Then that play to me should go, it, like based off of what he's discussing, it, we, he would have it go on the one-yard line. It would be first and goal, and you start it up. It's like, well, all right, you just gave him a touchdown then. First and goal, I mean, you made it a little tougher. You didn't just give him the touchdown, but you basically gave him a touchdown. Make it first and goal from the 20-yard line and see what they can do. And more likely than not, they're going to end up with a field goal. And I feel like punishing them four points isn't as bad as punishing them seven. And it gets your point across. But I like the defense having something go their way. All right, next up was the tush push. You guys know the tush push. It's obviously famous right now in Philadelphia. It feels like it's an automatic first down for the Eagles anytime. They're basically playing with a – they're playing nine yards in any set of four set of downs. That's always what they're doing. It is – it's interesting. Jason Kelsey has perfected it, the center for the Eagles. I think that was what makes it work so well. Jalen Hurts is also giving up his body. I think there's a risk-reward there that I don't know that we talk about enough. The risk being that if Jalen Hurts gets injured on that play, it is not worth the one yard, but they do it so often, and they have a 90-plus uh, percentage rate for success. The NFL has to address it in some manner. This is Troy Vincent. PFT Live is where he was talking to Mike Florio. When we discuss the push play with the with the committee during the season, later during the season, the evolution of the play. Yeah. People, there were more teams doing it. Right. They were very creative. That was a very creative look, and they were doing different little, things little out things of it. off of it, yeah. It was, hey, don't, punt, don't punish a team that strategically does it well. Yes. And there's 
very few injuries. What we want to avoid is what we think could happen. Someone just coming over the top and injuring himself, but no discussion around it. That was a little unsatisfying to me. It's not that I wanted the play to be banned. I, I don't think they should punish you because you're just too good at something. That would be like if Steph Curry hit a million three-pointers the way that he has, and they're like, well, we need to move back the three-point line. He just, I'm sorry, he's too good. He broke the game. All right, I'll find another way to go ahead and beat the game then. You, you want to move it back to 27 feet? He's going to find a way to hit a bunch of 27-footers, and then he'll be the only person making three-pointers. Like I just I feel like you shouldn't get punished for having a skill set the way that the Eagles have it. But I also believe playing with nine... Nine yards instead of 10 is not something that we need to have in the game for the next 15 years. A little bit of a crossroads there. All right, you guys ready? We got Rob Bradford coming up. Baseball wasn't boring. He talked to uh, Terry Francona on his podcast. Uh, They just debuted that earlier today. We'll have some clips for you guys, and we'll react to some of the stuff that he has to say with us. All in the 8 o'clock hour. Big baseball hour in the 8 o'clock hour. We're going to do a whole whopping 40 minutes on baseball, which might be maybe, I, I don't know, 40 minutes more than I've done in the past month and a half. That's not fair. I did, some, I did some baseball with Ken. But on this show, it has been a tough, tough get-to. And, and baseball is my favorite sport. I've been wanting to get to it, but I'm looking around, and I, I don't know that you guys are as interested as I, as I need you to be to bring it to the forefront on a nightly basis. We're getting there, though. And I had a feeling Rob is going to get us over the top here and get you some of the topics and what he's seeing in Arizona and some of the interesting, interesting things around this Guardians team as it feels like more and more things are really becoming cool storylines for this team with each passing day. So we'll talk to Rob coming up in a little bit. The Big Weege worked on this, though. So I presented a, 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 an open earlier to start the show, and I, but I needed that, that final touch. It was missing something. It was missing a third voice in this open. Big Weege, the, the play-by-play broadcaster that he is, on the fly came up with something. I said, put it in the promo immediately, change it up, Let's see if this is better. Jax is going to be the final call on this one, though. Jax kind of poo-pooed the first open a little bit. Kind of poo-pooed it a little bit. So we'll find out if uh, if Jax likes this one, and then it'll be a keeper long-term. All right, let's see. let's see what you got. He'll make you think. He'll make you laugh. And he lives for a take that'll make you do both. Hey, Jonathan Peterlin! Whether it's on the field or on the air, nothing tops overtime. Peterlin on tonight? It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin. It's the best night show in the country. So you kept the original Abner. Believe it or not, that is the other one. That's the other one? That's the one from today. Sounded just like the first one. It was really similar. That was very similar. Okay, all right. All right. Jax? Did it pass the vibe check for you? Did it meet your standards? I, I believe so, yes. Okay, good. All right, good. Good job, Big Weech. All right, that's all, that's all we're looking for. If I can please Jax, that's all we're looking for on a day-in, day-out basis. Did it really? You're not just lying to me. Did it really? It passed no, I'm being you? honest, yeah. Like, that's fine. I, I'm playing with some limitations. I, don't, I can't use movies. I can't use songs or anything like that. Like, they, the new guidelines, I got I to gotta, I gotta deal with what I got. There's some limitations attached to this. It's got to be gotta be all our own audio, so it's a little bit different. All right, I feel good about that one, though. Okay, I feel good. It, it, it's short. It's concise. Gets the name out there. Big Weege's voice come across in a big way. Your voice actually might be bigger than Big Voice Guy. You think so? I think it might be. Ooh. I think I think when you did it, I think I think it might have had even more oomph than the Big Voice Guy did, which is not a great. It's not great for Big Voice Guy. But hey, that's maybe you have a future in your and and, and you don't even know. 
little little bit of a, a side gig or maybe a main gig. Who knows? Well, those are main gigs, man. Those are those pay good. Those are, you want to you want to be big voice guy. All right, leave that there. We come on back. Rob Bradford, baseball isn't boring podcast. He talked to Terry Francona earlier today. Dropped that episode. We'll have that for you guys. We come on back. Little Guardians talk. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterwin here with you on the fan.